Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're recording here in the beautiful Spurgeon Library. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you that we do not have Christian George recording with us uh, today. We'll try to get him back on the program. Um, He's always a big hit, and we get lots of response uh, when I have conversations with him. Uh, Today, I do want to talk to you about something that's really important for uh, preaching and for pastoral ministry, and that is the use of illustrations, sermon illustrations to be specific. Uh, We're often told, I've been told as a preacher myself, um, that sermons can make or break your message, uh, that it, it is of utmost importance to have a killer illustration or killer story uh, to begin your talk, to finish your talk, and so on and so forth. Um, once upon a time, I, I worked as a research assistant, a freelance research assistant, uh, for numerous pastors, um, actually, in in the help of um, providing fodder for their sermons. And it became very clear um, over a short period of time that most of these fellows uh, were not as interested in exegetical work, uh, summarization of commentaries on the particular passage, and that sort of thing. But what they really wanted, what was you know placed uh, you know at a high premium, were sermon illustrations. And there was one client in particular that I had who um, wanted pages. Every, every brief we called them, every research brief um, that I was to turn in was to just be nothing but illustration options. And because of the sort of the rules of our company, we weren't allowed to use illustration books or illustration websites. It had to be original things that we were coming up with creatively, stuff from the newspaper, stuff from the movie, stuff from books, uh, personal stories, all that sort of thing, Um, but illustration ideas. And I just remember over a period of months turning in like 30 illustrations at a time, pages of illustrations, and this fellow used one um, that that I can recall one illustration that I had come up with in in all of my work for him. And so it was a frustrating thing for me. I'm sure it was a frustrating thing for him having this high bar set for um, storytelling or for, you know, an example in in his messages and that not being delivered upon. Um, It was really hard uh, to find that killer illustration. Um, I think we all know a good illustration when we hear one in a sermon uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I want to be uh, somewhat counterintuitive, somewhat countercultural, if you will, in today's podcast and suggest that sermon illustrations are actually way overrated. I think we put way too much weight on sermon illustrations. They can be really helpful. Um, they're good in messages, but I tend to think we lean on them way too much. And many times you'll hear people say that the illustration are, you know, is as important to the message as the exposition itself, and I would want to push back on that, um, actually. Some people will say that you know Jesus spoke in sermon illustrations, or he used sermon illustrations, and this is really only barely true. No, mainly people are talking about the parables when they bring up that line of argumentation, and the parables really don't function in the same way as sermon illustrations do today. And an illustration is is exactly that. It's meant to illustrate or to amplify a particular point, shed some light on a particular point. Uh, The parables, as Jesus used them, um, tend to conceal as much as to reveal. And of course, quoting from Isaiah, we're told frequently um, that the, you know, disciples didn't understand the illustrations. And Jesus says, you know, something like, 
Um, you know, I speak in parables so that hearing they won't hear, seeing they won't see, which is a really interesting um, strategy. If parables are meant to be the same thing as an illustration, no preacher uses an illustration so that people won't see what he's talking about or won't understand what he's talking about. And yet the parables function um, to some extent in this way. There is a a supernatural, spiritual quality to them. So there's not a one-to-one correlation between the stories Jesus told and the stories that modern preachers tell. Uh, we want our stories to illustrate the points, to make it clear, to give it in a, in a sort of tangible narrative way, to make the points of our message clear. Um, very often Jesus spoke in parables to obscure a point. People could understand. That would make Jesus a bad teacher if the whole point of the parable um, was to make things totally clear. So how do we think about illustrations? What are some ways to think about these stories that we tell? or examples that we tell, whether from history or from personal experience. Um, you know, I, I think um, more often than not, uh, preachers are trusting their illustrations um, to do what only God's Word can do. And, you know, the, you know, the stories that we tell cannot um, do for a human soul what the stories God tells um, can do and certainly cannot do what the straight proclamation of the Scriptures can do. So I want to offer just a few ways, um, briefly with you, a few ways that preachers often use illustrations wrongly in their sermons. And the first one is this. Uh, very often the illustrations are way too long. Um, are your illustrations long? Check for the length. If you're going to eat up valuable real estate in your sermon time, you've got to really make it count. Uh, But some sermons are too reliant on long setups or overly present creative themes that end up really obscuring the point that you ought to be trying to make, obscuring the biblical message. Um, And this is a huge problem, assuming that what you want people to focus on most is the biblical message. So if you want them to be mostly impressed with your rhetorical ability or with your storytelling or that their takeaway is the illustration and not the biblical word, then, you know, good job. Keep going with the long illustrations. But if you want them to have really foremost in their mind the illumination of Scripture, we need to make sure that our illustrations aren't sort of devouring the amount of time we spend on the Scriptures. So some preachers really pride themselves in being storytellers or artists, and and, and that's kind of cool. Um, but really, if that's where your heart is, you should quit vocational ministry and go be a storyteller or an artist. The Lord can use those people um, as well. But um, at least in in that regard, there's no mistaking the point of your message. Uh, but some illustrations go so long, and the topic themes are, are are so pervasive that when Bible verses do show up in the sermon, uh, they really only serve uh, the illustration rather than the other way around. The illustrations are meant to serve the Word of God or to to shed some light. Um, on on God's word, it's it's not meant to be the other way around. Your text should be the scriptures. Your text should not be the illustration, and that's um, one of the the primary issues I have with this uh, God at the movies, God at the Grammys kind of approach to preaching, um, where it becomes very clear that the text, what is being um, you know exposed there, exposited there, um, is not the word of God. Um, but actually, you know, a movie or a song. And then the Bible verses kind of show up to sort of support your points and and the creative themes that you want to illuminate from the movie. So that's not Christian preaching. There's something neat to that, 
I think there's a place for that in in the world of Christian discourse, um, theology, that sort of thing. But the Sunday morning or the Lord's Day gathering uh, pulpit time is not for that. It's for the proclamation of the Word of God. So make sure your illustrations aren't too long. Secondly, make sure you don't have too many. Many times um, preachers use way too many uh, way too many illustrations, um, and sometimes in a row they just you know, kind of layer them on top of each other. Uh, I once heard a message when it became clear to me that the storytelling was going to be long. I began sort of calculating the time involved. Um, I heard a, a message once. It began with a five-minute story from the preacher's childhood. It segued into an anecdote, oddly. Um, about the life of Leonardo da Vinci, and then it transitioned into a series of quotes from ancient philosophers, and Jesus was in there, thank God, uh, but he was alongside Socrates and Aristotle um, as if they were all sort of, you know, similar voices. It was like, here's the, you know, the pantheon of smart guys, and Jesus just happened to be, you know, there in the Hall of Presidents or or, or what have you. And then that sort of, all of that kind of stumbled into a heavy-handed object illustration um, that involved some big props on the stage and all this stuff. It was like the guy just tried to to throw everything he could think of, just sort of put everything into this big gumbo, illustrative gumbo for his message. And really he forgot what he was there to do, which, you know, ideally is to preach, to proclaim the word of God. And so the result of all of those illustrations, um, any just one of which might have been okay, um, but to sort of layer them all on top of each other and to just sort of pile them all into the sermon, really he was just trying to, he was trying to, quote-unquote, preach a killer sermon. And so he was pulling out all, all the tricks you know, that he could, pulling out all the stops. And the result of all of that was really distracting and at some point really counterproductive, to be honest, just thinking methodologically or homiletically uh, the law of diminishing illustration returns kicks in because the more you use, the more you devalue each element of the sermon. So each successive illustration really kind of diminished the effectiveness of the ones that came before it. So when you use too many illustrations, when your sermon is so full of illustrations or the time that you spend on them is, is greater than the time you spend proclaiming and explaining the text, they stop being illustrations, and as I said previously, they become your text. So preachers who overuse illustrations are communicating that they don't actually trust the Bible, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit, for goodness sake. And and you're not trusting that. You're not trusting the Scriptures to be interesting, provocative, and powerful. So make sure you don't have too many illustrations. Make sure you don't have too many illustrations in a row. All right, let's take a quick coffee break here and listen to a word from our hosts at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today. 
Midwestern Seminary's Doctor of Philosophy degree program is designed to equip leaders interested in building up the church. The Ph.D. Biblical Studies program at Midwestern Seminary provides opportunities for advanced research and preparation in theology in an environment passionate about God's primary plan for the advancement of the gospel, the local church. Choose from multiple emphases and let your advanced degree open up new opportunities for ministry in our rapidly changing world. With our modular program of study, you can remain in your current ministry setting. But we've also recently introduced the residency, an experiential component to the Ph.D. track where local doctoral students receive one-on-one coaching and mentoring and a community context in which to bolster their studies. Get your Ph.D. today for the church. And we're back. We're talking about illustrations, um, the dire use of them, the appropriate use of them, but some ways that they can go wrong uh, when preachers, pastors use storytelling or examples or images in their sermons. And so we've said um, previously uh, that illustrations go wrong when they go too long. Uh, We've said that illustrations go wrong when they are too numerous, uh, when there's way too many of them in a sermon. And now thirdly, we want to continue with this, uh, illustrations go wrong when they're clunky. And you know these when you hear them. You know a bad illustration when it it just sort of lands with a thud on on your ears. Um, It seems as though the preacher prepared his sermon using some kind of template, uh, and he's sort of just sort of plopping things, you know, into the assigned slots, and he's plopping something probably from an illustration book or an illustration website. There's a lot of those out there where you can just go and put in a topic and and find some little neat story or some sort of tidy example that fits the theme that you're preaching on or the idea that you want to speak to. And it's like you just sort of copied and pasted that thing into the insert illustration here spot in, in, in your outline. That's one way illustrations can be really clunky. They just don't seem to fit. You see the seams there. Um, you know, historical references, what I used to call um, Little Johnny stories. Little Johnny, you know, went to the doctor. Little Johnny in the schoolroom. Little Johnny in Sunday school. All that sort of thing. These little cutesy kind of glurgy uh, Reader's Digest type stories, those, you know, really land oddly on, on modern ears, I think. Um, but even pop culture references can land clunkily from uh, the mouth of someone who um, isn't really with it or isn't in time. Like, it's clear that it's even, it, sound, it feels weird in the preacher's mouth uh, to make references to Lady Gaga or Justin Bieber uh, or you know whatever's going on in the pop culture at the time. Uh, I'm dating myself. I'm sounding clunky even now, just coming up with examples off the top of my head. Um, but sometimes the pop culture references are old. They date the preacher because the references he's making are to his own childhood or to his own adolescence. Um, sometimes illustrations land clunkily um, because you're trying to give red meat to the crowd you think you're preaching to. Uh, you know, I've heard guys make jokes or critique certain tribes or try to sort of pump up certain tribes, and the audience is not made up of the tribe that he's trying to please. And so you just, it's like you hear crickets. I can almost see tumbleweeds kind of rolling by uh, when these folks make these jokes. Um, you know, maybe you, you've got old illustrations, out of touch illustrations. Maybe the stories are sappy or cheesy or hokey. Maybe there's no decent transition, as we said, from the illustration into the body of the sermon. You can just see how you've kind of welded it in there. You see the rivets between each element of your sermon outline. 
Um, you know, I've heard some guys tell a cutesy story or badly landed bad joke, and then they pause as if waiting for an audience reaction, and then you, they have to, like, find out a way to end the silence, and, and it always feels really, really awkward. Well, all of that is really a sure sign of someone who has put a lot of trust in the illustration and no thought into how it would actually fit into the tissue of the message. So remember, if the weight of power is put on your illustrations instead of the biblical text, the clunky illustration will make a clunky sermon. So make sure your illustrations are not clunky at all. Uh, Fourthly, and finally, um, illustrations go wrong when illustrations are too self-referential, or I would even say self-reverential. Either way, you have to be very, very cautious about how you use personal illustrations. So Here's a good rule of thumb, just from one preacher to another. When you're using yourself as an example, it's always better to be self-deprecating than self-exalting. So make your um, personal example somewhat confessional rather than reverential or exaltational. In other words, use your personal illustrations to show us not how great you are or what a good job you did at something or how you learned to be awesome at whatever you're talking about, But how you got it wrong, or how you messed up, or some weakness or deficiency that you have. It doesn't have to be a serious example. It can even be a a funny one. Um, But self-referential illustrations that talk the preacher up very often run into um, a violation of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. We proclaim not ourselves. And the same rule applies, really, Uh, to the use of wives and children in illustrations. Um, Everybody appreciates a good, the pastor's a normal guy with a normal family kind of story. And most preachers know not to criticize or point out out flaws in their wives and kids in their sermons. Um, But if you reference your wife and kids, even positively too much, over time it can have the same effect as the self-congratulating illustration. It, it casts a vision. What it does is it casts a vision of your family as the church's moral exemplar, which is not good for your family, and it's not good for the church. And it only serves to, by extension, exalt yourself. So use family illustrations sparingly, and when using personal illustrations, go the route of self-deprecation. Look, I know that good illustrations can often be difficult to come up with. Um, I struggle with them, too. In fact, Um, People often ask me as I travel and speak, um, you know, do I recycle material? And it's not often um, sermon points or exposition that I recycle. That tends to be kept pretty fresh, not always, but most of the time it's pretty fresh, venue to venue. Um, But, you know, I have like a set of of illustrations that I tend to reuse and, and because they plug and play better in different messages. They just seem to fit the, you know, trajectory of um, you know of a homily, uh, you know in multiple ways, and and so I, I you know I get it. I know what it's like to to you know find that illustrations, good illustrations, have a high premium on them. But let's be really careful how we use them. Let's not put too much weight on them. Let's not put too little weight on them. But let's not put too much weight on them, lest we obscure the biblical purpose of preaching. Um, The hearts of our listeners are not won to Christ by well-spun stories or images. Um, They're won to Christ by the Spirit working through the very Word of God. And so our illustrations are meant to adorn the gospel, not to help it. The gospel doesn't need any help.
Thanks for listening. Really appreciate the time you take to support the For the Church podcast. Um, Our success is contingent on not just your listenership and your subscription, but your sharing. So make sure you spread the word. If you have profited from these conversations and solo episodes, um, please give us a good review on iTunes and share with your friends and family. Until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, Managing Editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.